Hey, special ed teachers. In today's episode, I will be sharing an overview of what an IEP is, or also known as an individual education plan, and how it can be used in special education. But before we get into it, I want to go ahead and read this week's review. It's entitled Such Great Info by JoJo1310. It says, Michelle is so well-spoken, but you can hear the passion in her voice for what she does. This is like having a mentor in the field. Even if you are not in special education, the special education space as a teacher, but have a student in special ed, it gives you such a great idea of what our teachers are doing behind the scenes. Thank you so much, JoJo1310. If you would like to be featured in a future episode, please go ahead and hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick review, and I'll be sure to go ahead and read it in the next show. All right, here we go. Overwhelmed with how to set up your special ed classroom? Confused with teaching small groups? How will you work with your paraprofessionals and other service providers? Hey friends, and welcome to Stepping Into Special Education. I'm Michelle Vasquez, a wife, mommy, and special education teacher. In this podcast, my mission is to supply new teachers with strategies through self-growth, classroom organization, and community building. If you're ready to jumpstart that classroom, have a plan for small groups, and learn how to work best with support staff, this podcast is for you. So grab that iced coffee and your favorite flare pen. It is time to get it started. We'll see you in the show. An IEP or an individualized education plan is the main responsibility and duty for special education teachers and case carriers, which is why getting a good foundation with understanding the basics of an IEP is imperative in our careers. My first experience becoming a special ed teacher was when I was blessed to be accepted into a special ed teacher intern program more than 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't want to date myself, which which was pretty, um, this was pretty much an emergency credential. My training uh, that summer was a six-week orientation before I could even enter my own classroom full of students. If I remember right, IEPs that summer were covered for about two to three days, and it was in front of a humongous group of more than 75 people. That was it. When it was time to write my own IEP, my gracious, more experienced special ed intern classmate that was in the classroom for at least a couple years was on the phone with me telling me what to do step by step. I didn't have an official special ed teacher that mentored me with an IEP, but I did have a general ed teacher mentor, master teacher, and my weekly classes that I took for my intern program with my professors that did help me, but it was not easy. It took years and experience and advice from specialists for me to really fully feel confident with understanding each page of an IEP. I have seen IEPs range from 19 pages to almost 40 pages. IEPs are a wealth of information, but can also be 
a wealth of overwhelm for anyone joining the world of special ed for the first time. So today's episode will be to give you an overview of nine different ways how an IEP is used in special education. But before I start here, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer and let you know that I am not a legal professional. I am just a teacher, just like you. If you need any legal advice or any questions regarding your students with special needs, please reach out to your school administration or your special ed department for your district. My experience is the background of teaching mild to moderate disabilities uh, in the elementary field. All right. Just wanted to give that quick disclaimer. So what is an IEP? An IEP is also known as your student's individualized education plan. It is a legal document for students who have an eligibility that is impeding the child's learning that requires special ed services. An IEP is formed by the student's parents and or guardians and other other district personnel that know the child best. The document needs to be updated at an annual IEP to follow up on the child's progress and also every three years at the student's triannual IEP to get reevaluated to see if the child still requires special education services. All right, so here we go. Nine ways with how you can use an IEP in special education. One way you can use an IEP is for information and eligibility. You can find out the student's basic information, their birth date, what grade they're in, the names of their parents, address, the living situation, if they're homeless or living with their parents, are they in foster care, and also uh, what eligibility the student qualified for. Most important, a description of how the eligibility is impeding the child's academics in the general ed setting. At the bottom of the information and eligibility page, you can find information on the child's initial IEP, how they were referred to in the first place, and also the dates that they were first assessed. Number two, the child's present levels. This is where you can find the student's current levels. It doesn't have to start with academics first, but it begins with the personal information, like the student's likes, dislikes, the personality traits. And then further along, you can find the student's state testing data, where they tested currently, and then also some information of district tests that they took. Also, their current academic strengths and weaknesses in reading, writing, and math, their current uh, communication skills, fine and gross motor skills, social emotional behavior, vocational skills, attendance, and any other important health information. Number three is a state testing accommodations and also for district testing as well. This lays out the specific accommodations and modifications that the students need during state testing as well as district testing. Accommodations for also the English proficiency test. In California, it's called the LPAC, the English Language Proficiency of Assessments in California. And this tests where the child is with their language skills and if they are an English language learner. Number four are the IEP goals. Here you can find the previous year's goals of what the child worked on, if it was met or not, as well as the current goals that the student is currently working on. 
all the IEP goals for all the service providers would be here as well. So you have your goals for academics, reading, writing, math, if they need it, their communication goals for speech, occupational therapy, adapted PE goals. If they're seeing a mental health counselor, they have their goals there as well. And also if their student has a behavior intervention plan or if they need a behavior goal, this would be here as well. Number five of how an IEP can be used for is specific accommodations in the classroom or during any type of testing. The accommodations will also have the type of setting that they need this in. Do they only need it in the classroom? Do they only need it outside in the playground? Or you can say for any classroom setting. Number six, an IEP can also provide to you what type of special education services the student is also receiving. This can be the academics for specialized academic instruction, which is a special ed teacher, maybe speech, how many minutes for OT, mental health counseling, adapted PE, physical therapy, visual impairment services, and the list goes on. And like I said earlier, it provides how many minutes your student will be getting either per week, per month. I know some districts still put yearly minutes in here but this will show you the actual services that the student is receiving. Number seven, an IEP can also be used for the educational setting that the student is supposed to be in. Is the student supposed to remain in the gen ed setting with RSP? Are they in the special education setting? This can also tell you what kind of curriculum they are using to determine what kind of SPED setting that they are in. Are they in the mild to moderate SPED setting, the curriculum would say general ed curriculum. That's your clue in knowing that they should be in the mild, moderate SPED class. Or if it says alternative curriculum, that's your clue that they should be in the mod severe uh, setting. This also is very important when you have a new student coming in and you kind of notice, okay, they might not be where they're supposed to be. This happens every now and then. So it's very important to go through the IEP, check what the educational setting is so the child is placed in the correct placement. The educational setting also provides the percentage in how much SPED services the student is receiving. Some of our students only have academics or maybe they have academics and speech. Some have academic speech and OT. All of that put together, you have to calculate and figure out how much percentage is the child in special ed setting and also in the gen ed setting. If you have any questions, please go ahead and speak with your admin or your special ed department on how that looks like for your students and your district. For number eight, an IEP can also let you know if your student has a behavior intervention plan, also known as a BIP or I've also heard a BSP plan, behavior support plan. They all mean the same thing. If a student's behavior is impeding their academics or the academics of others, an IEP team decision can be made to provide a behavior intervention plan for that student. And from this intervention plan, you will be creating behavior goals that would also be inputted into the IEP goal section as well. Number nine, an IEP can also be used for extended school year, ESY. Typically, ESY is referred to summer school, but I've also heard it's extended year during the long breaks that we have during the school year. This ESY page in the IEP will also lay out 
what services the students will be receiving during the extended school year, and the time received that they will be getting for each service. So to recap, how an IEP can be used in special education is number one, information and eligibility, number two, present levels and current data, number three, state testing accommodations, number four, IEP goals, number five, classroom accommodations, six, special education services, seven, educational setting, eight, a behavior intervention plan, and nine, an extended school year. If you have any questions about how an IEP can be used, come and sign up for my free private Facebook group at www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash stepping into special ed. The link will also be in the show notes. I hope today gave you an overview of what an IEP is and how it is used in special education. Take care, my friends, and have a great week. Hey, before you leave, if you felt this show taught you something and got you one step closer to where you want to be, please leave me a quick review and follow this podcast. It is the best thing you can do to keep the show going. Also, be sure to join my free Facebook group. You'll be able to connect with me and get support from fellow educators just like you. Remember that you do make a difference and that there's always that one student that can't wait to see you every single day. Till next time, my friend. Take care.